Welcome back, everybody, to this week's edition of American Billiard Radio. My name is Mr. Bond. I'll be your host once again this week. It is August the 25th, 2016, and I will be joined today by Mr. Mark Cantrell of the Legends and Champions Report. What's going on, Mark? Not much. Yet again, it seems like we're in that situation, whereas we'd like to have a guest on. (laughs) <laughs> you know, <laughs> but if they're not, if they're not in uh, Vegas, they're in uh, Verona, New York, yeah, or in China, or in China, right? Okay. Yeah, all the players are doing what they do. They're playing pool. There's uh, a bunch of events going on right now. It's kind of, uh, I don't know if you want to call it on top of each other, but I guess they technically are. They kind of overscheduled each other a little bit. Uh, they're girls. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I don't know how that happened. To to be honest, it seems a bit strange. Just nobody wins. I guess the China the China uh, China Open the, the China Open. That's that ain't gonna affect be affected that much uh, by as far as attendance goes and the number of players, etc. But I'm from what I'm hearing, uh, the U.S. Bar Table Championships have been affected a little bit. Uh, sure. And so has uh, the turning stone. Simply, simply because people are picking and choosing how far they want to travel, you know, and which event pays the most, or which one they want to, you know, carries the most points, and so on. Uh, yeah. So nobody really wins when you've got more overlapping like this. So, uh, yeah, I, I don't know how that would have happened. Yeah, no, it, uh, it, uh, you know what, I'm, I'm sure it was a hard decision for somebody to make, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I guess they'll have to weigh the, you know, weigh the, the goods and the bads of it and see what the results in the end is, you know. Hmm. Right. So what else is going on? Well, I'm um, looking at the calendar here. Um, you know, you got lots of pool happening. The uh, Mike Zeglin's Turning Stone right now underway. U.S. Bar Table Championships right now underway in Vegas. Uh, we got to send out some congratulations, actually, to uh, Mr. Bergman. He uh, ha- has already taken uh, the 10-ball title um, out at uh, the event in Vegas there, the, the Bar Box Championships. Um, from what I understand, it was a, a, a pretty tough uh, run he uh, had Skyler on his tail uh, pretty much the whole time, but Bergman was able to clinch it. So, congrats to him, uh, who also just had a birthday. Wasn't it, well, wasn't it just last week, though, that we were talking about Bergman uh, not being in the race for the Moscone Cup points? <laughs> right. And, yeah. and I don't know what this is going to do to it, to be honest with you. I don't know how he's going to change it, but I know there's probably, I, th- I think the bar tables are. Uh, 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 points, Moscone Cup points event. I, I'm pretty sure Turning Stone is. Yeah. So, but he just won that. So, if that's a points event, that's going to bump him up a few notches. Sure enough. Sure enough. So, I wouldn't count him out just yet. <laughs> you know, there's a couple of big events left to, to do. So, Justin may, may not be out of it. Congrats to him. Oh, and also, congratulations to April Larson. Uh, that junior player, uh, I don't know if you've heard her name, but you should remember the name April Larson. She's she's a, I want to say a four or five time junior nationals champion now, 
and she just went to the NAPT uh, event, the ladies' event that was out at Gray's Lake, Illinois, and she took the title. I mean, she was playing against grown people, men and women alike, and she won the whole thing. And she's 17. <laughs> so congrats to April. There was, was men in it too? Oh, no, 16. Sorry. What? There was men in there as well? You know what? I, I thought there was. I think I just misspoke. No, there was no men in it too. It was just a ladies' event. I'm sorry. But, I mean, okay. we're talking yeah, about was... some strong women, though. I mean, Janet Atwell, Sarah Rousey. Tara Williams, there was some, Brianna Miller, there was some strong players out there, and uh, she went through the whole field, apparently undefeated. So, that's that's, uh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's gigantic. I think she was she was just on the. Uh, I've been seeing her name a lot recently. She was just on the. I believe she was on the Atlantic Challenge Cup. Yes, uh, for Team USA for the juniors and mm-hmm. junior national champion. Now she's done this. You know, it's like a, almost like a female version of uh, Skylar, you know? Yeah. It, all of a sudden, boom. Bam. There they she's, are. Yeah. She's there. Seriously. She's there. So, yeah, it's remember that name. <laughs> um, you know what else? Uh, I don't know if you were keeping up with us or not, but the that the big pool uh, event, the Challenge of Champions, you know, that had lost their uh, location because the Taj Mahal was getting shut down. They didn't have a home for a little while, and it's just been announced that they do have uh, a new location for this. So it'll be September the 20th to the 22nd at uh, Trump Taj Mahal Xanadu Theater in Atlantic City, September 21st, yeah, in Jersey. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, that's interesting. Well, hold on. That don't make any sense. Because the Taj Mahal in New Jersey, in Atlantic City, right? Yes. That's the one it was originally supposed to be at. Well, it closed down. That's what I thought. <laughs> and now, and so what? Now it's being the Taj Mahal is not closing down, I, or there's another Taj Mahal. I, you know what? This is a this is really interesting. I'm not. Um, yeah. So on August the fourth. Uh, there was a story that said that was a, a story that was published that said that um, with the re- this is what it says with the recently announced closing of the Trump Taj Mahal, the Hall of Fame Challenge Cup, Men's International Challenge of Champions, Women's Tournament of Champions, and Trick Shot Magic event are all in need of a new venue. That was posted August the fourth. They said that there okay. it, it, some it was the Trump Taj Mahal was being closed. So now, there's a new story, as of August 23rd, for immediate release. Atlantic City, New Jersey. Hall of Fame, Challenge Cup, all that kind of stuff will be held September 20th to the 22nd at the official host site, Taj Mahal. Trump Taj Mahal, Xanadu Theater in Atlantic City, New Jersey. ESPN will be there uh, with a live audience for taping, blah, 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 all that kind of stuff. <laughs> okay, I just, I'm, st- I, I'm still a little confused. Is the Taj Mahal in Atlantic City is it not closing anymore, or? Well, the initial story doesn't designate which one. So apparently, there either either one more than one Trump Taj Mahal 
or they decided not to close the Trump Taj Mahal or somebody bought it or something like that. And, and the event's going to go on as it initially had been planned. So I don't, okay. I don't really well, just thought that maybe, was interesting. <laughs> yeah. There needs to be some more clarification, I think on, on that from uh, the, the powers that be. Uh, yeah. 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 So. We'll have to talk to them about that, that weird discrepancy. That's funny stuff. Anyway, um, what else is going on? Um, AZ Billiards has just announced a new monthly uh, electronic magazine. I suppose you could call it an e-zine. Um, I, from what I understand, it might actually be available in print eventually as well, too. But uh, it's a mon- monthly publication. Uh, it is absolutely free. doesn't cost a thing. But like a magazine, will feature all kinds of great stories and articles and what have you each month. It is called Billiards Buzz. And we talked to Jerry Forsyth a little bit more about it to get the scoop on what's up with that. And he's going to be with us a little, bit, a, little, a little bit later on in the show. So you're going to want to stick around for that too. Have you got a chance to see that yet? Yeah, I got um, an email uh, with it. Yeah. In there, uh, I think, and cool. uh, it looks nice. Looks like a, a nice online magazine. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm a little bit old fashioned. I like the print versions. I like, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's, it's just a thing. Uh, but an online version is going to be the most ec- economical way for them to do it, and probably the easiest way for me to get it done. But from what I saw, it looks like a, a, a great magazine. It's- yeah, sure. Well, and like Jerry is saying, um, it's obviously a little bit more interactive than just a paper magazine, and you can carry it around you know, on your phone or your, your devices or whatnot. So it's kind of cool. I'm glad that they did it. Um, speaking of other news in the pool world, uh, did you hear about Mr. Ernie Gutierrez out in California and his ivory situation. They, now, this is the cue maker, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I, I'm not, I don't know a lot about cues. I've been fortunate enough, I've said in the past, to be around a couple of fantastic cue makers and right. uh, been their homes and been into their shops and showed me some of their work and how they do it. And... It's very interesting. It's just never been my thing, so I don't understand a lot about it. Sure. But I do know names, and Ernie Gutierrez is one of them. Yeah. Um, and you get yourself in a spot of bother, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, uh, just for those of you that may or may not already be familiar with the situation, um, Mr. Gutierrez lives out, um, I believe it's considered the North Hollywood area, and he has been making cues for a long time, uh, very fine cues as a matter of fact, and sometimes they involve uh, you know, ornate ornamentation and things like ivory and whatnot. And as you also might know, ivory is kind of a hot-button topic in the world right now. Um, some laws have changed in, in, in various states as far as the legality of selling it and moving it around and whatnot. 
So apparently Ernie Gutierrez was involved in a transaction that led to some people trying to leave the country with ivory. So it wasn't necessarily necessarily the sale of the ivory that was a big problem. It was trying to smuggle it out of the United States is where the, the red flag came up. So uh, there was an investigation. Well, let me back up a sentence. So some gentlemen were, were caught at the airport trying to leave with a bunch of ivory cues or cues with ivory in them. And uh, it was then made clear that where the cues came from was Ernie. An investigation ensued. And they apparently the law uh, has enough evidence to go ahead and press charges claiming that he knowingly aided and abetted in this uh, smuggling of ivory out of the country. Um, he, Mr. Gutierrez, um, I don't, you know, I'm not going to speak on his behalf. I can't, you know what I mean? I don't know what he would say or what he would do in this particular case, but uh, he just had his first court appearance yesterday. And what we've done is gotten a hold of uh, a couple of the official documents from the court um, explaining exactly what happened as far as, uh, you know, how did he, did they find out about the ivory and, and whatnot? And what did they do once they found out about it? It's a, it's a pretty interesting piece of information here. I'm going to, if you don't mind, I'm going to share with you a little bit uh, the details describing the actual investigation itself and how he ended up uh, in trouble like this. <laughs> uh, Go for it. Yeah, this is from um, July. This this is a copy of a report filed uh, on court record July 26, 2016. Uh, this is a, a statement of fact. It's just a paragraph generally describing what the deal is on April 22nd, 2016 in Los Angeles County within the central district of California and elsewhere. Cesar Ernesto Gutierrez knowingly aided and abetted Huang Ching Lu, also known as Chady Lu and Wen Xiao Wei Chen, AKA Zen who fraud fraudulently and knowingly attempted to export and send from the United States merchandise articles and objects, namely African ivory, knowing that such exportation was contrary to law. Specifically, Gutierrez knowingly aided and abetted Lu and Chen in their fraudulent and knowing attempt to export and send sections of 41 pool cues purchased from Gutierrez and made in part from African ivory in violation of Title 16 code, etc., etc. So that's basically just a statement of, you know, this is what happened and this is what we're doing. What's attached is an affidavit by the special agent who was in charge of the investigation that ensued. Uh, her name, according to the affidavit, you know what, maybe I shouldn't mention her name. The investigator says, being duly sworn, I'm a special agent of SA with the United States Department of Interior, Fish and Wildlife, blah, blah, blah. I've employed with them for so long, blah, 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 blah. And she mentions some of her qualifications at first and how she's investigated. Hey, yes. Hey, just slow down. Yeah, I'm having a problem understanding what you're saying. Yeah, you're going, you're really zipping through this. So just go, just go. So dumb people like me can understand. <laughs> well, I know I don't want to get long-winded and I, I know, slow. I know, but he's pointless. You, you, he's pointless. Gotcha. Uh, you know, he's pointless okay. listening to that. So 
Okay, the purpose of the affidavit is made in support of a criminal complaint charging Cesar Ernesto Gutierrez in violation of the aiding and abetting to smuggling, you know, da-da-da-da. They mention why, and why there was a violation. Obviously, African, uh, African elephant ivory is a threatened species. Um, they list the titles of the laws, that the codes that were violated, etc., etc. Um, she says, I am currently conducting a criminal investigation of Gutierrez, who owns and operates a business constructing pool cues, known as GinoQ, located at 5424 Vineland Avenue, North Hollywood, California. Um, mentions his email address. Gutierrez is under, invasion, under investigation for aiding and abetting the attempted exportation, etc., etc. The, investiga- the investigation has indicated that Gutierrez aided in the export of wildlife items such as pool cues composed of ivory, failing to file the required declarations, failing to obtain required permits for the ivory. In, uh, in the case of endangered species, transporting, offering to sell, and selling in foreign commerce ivory pool cues for commercial purposes. On the 22nd of April... Taiwanese national Chen was arrested at LAX for attempting to export custom pool cues inlaid with ivory. I interviewed I interviewed Lou and learned that the ivory pool cues had been purchased in Los Angeles from Gutierrez. On April 27th, during an interview, Lou told me that he had purchased the pool cues from Ernie on or about the 17th for his customers in China. Lou described picking up the cues at Gutierrez's business. During the 27th of April interview, Lou stated that he saw ivory at the shop. I interviewed Chen, who identified the location of Gina Q on the map. Chen also told me that he had visited Gina Q on April 17th and saw uninfinished ivory, blah, blah, blah. Um, I was told by Lou during his interview and by Chen during his interview, that Gutierrez knew that the ivory inlaid pool cues were going to Taiwan. On May 2nd, I performed a consensual search of Lou's email account and learned that Lou and Gutierrez communicated regularly via email and conducted business via email. I reviewed emails that contained invoices for the sale of ivory pool cues made by Gutierrez, sold to Lou, and to lose customers in China and Taiwan. On May 27th, I reviewed financial records from Gutierrez Union Bank account and verified wire transfers made by Liu to Gutierrez for ivory inlaid custom pull cues. On June 3rd, Liu was interviewed and reviewed, oh, and reviewed financial records and confirmed that every wire transfer, with the exception of one, from or two. Gutierrez was for the purchase or repair of ivory inlaid cues. On the 15th of June, executed a search warrant at Gina Q business and found documents containing invoices for pool cue orders for other international Gina Q customers. On April 22nd, when Lou and Chen were arrested, 
They had 44 sections of pool cues, in part made from elephant ivory. At, at 3.20 on that day, I confirmed that Lou and Chen had checked in for their flight at LAX on EVA Airlines and that Chen had four luggage bags, bags checked under his name. Based on my training and experience, I know that when individuals travel together, their luggage is often checked in the airline under one passenger's names. Customs and border protection officers then assisted me in exercising our border search authority and inspected the four bags. I opened the four bags and found 44 sections of pool cues that appeared to contain ivory. I personally inspected all 44 cue sections and emptied and empty pull cue cases that were in three of the four checked bags. The fourth bag contained personal items. Based on my training and experience, I observed Schrager lines that are contained in elephant ivory and mammoth ivory, polished crossed sections of the elephant and mammoth ivory dentin display unique lines that are characteristic, blah, blah, blah. I determined that three of the four bags contained pull cues with ivory, um, I sent the photographs to a forensic chemist for provisional identification. Uh, I sent the pool cues to a laboratory on May 11th. The laboratory confirmed that the pool cues contained elephant ivory. At the time of their arrest, Lu and Chen identified Gutierrez as the primary source of the majority of the pool cues in their possession, as further described in the affidavit. One pool cue bought by Chin uh, was repaired by Peter Tonkin. Uh, Lou described Gutierrez as being a famous custom pool cue maker with the reputation as the greatest living pool cue maker. Lou stated that Gutierrez would characterize the pool cues that he sold to Lou as being made from ivory components, specifically elephant ivory. Lou stated that Gutierrez makes high-end custom pull cues under the brand name Gina Q and that the business was named after Gutierrez's daughter, Gina. Lou said that the 41 sections of pull cue, pull cues containing ivory that he had in his possession were purchased from Gutierrez for approximately seventy-five dollars to $85,000. Lou stated on April 17th that he traveled from the Super Billiard Expo in Oaks, Pennsylvania, to Gutierrez Pool Cue Shop in North Hollywood to pick up the pool cues that he had previously purchased from Gutierrez for his customers in China. Lou also indicated that he had been a collector of pool cues for many years before opening his own custom cue business and online cue business in Taiwan. Lou also indicated that he and Gutierrez had met and exchanged emails and that Lou had been to Gutierrez's shop before and that he had arranged a meeting and visited Gutierrez's shop with his business partner on with his business partner Chen on April seventeenth. So I, I won't I won't read every single word to you, <laughs> um, but it goes on to explain you know the different interviews and um, the you know the conversations that were that they found in the email. Um, some of the comments that Lou makes about Gutierrez. Lou stated that Gutierrez, uh, Lou also stated that Gutierrez has other, in and, in, uh, I can't even talk. 
Gutierrez has other international customers that he sells to as well and recalled an incident where Gutierrez sent Lou an invoice as an email PDF, PDF attachment. According to Lou, the email attachment contained, contained invoices for other Gina Q customers. Lou remembered that three of the customers on the invoices sent by Gutierrez were located in Japan and Taiwan. Um, she conducted internet research where people called him the master Q maker, world famous ivory, gold, and jewels in his cues. Um, let's see what else. Uh, Lou positively identified Gutierrez from photos, identified the location of his shop. Um, there's one part in particular where I interview Mr. Gutierrez. I would like to read that to you. Hold on one second. Uh, they did email searches. During the April 22nd, 2016 interviews, Lou told me he was aware that Gutierrez had many customers located overseas, including Asia, the UK, and Canada. Lou said that he had received emails in and around 2012, sent an error by Gutierrez that contained PDF attachments listing other overseas customers buying his pool cues. Based on my experience and training, I believe that Gutierrez was making arrangements for at least five overseas customers listed in that PDF document to, re to receive Gina Q's, uh, to receive Gina Q custom pool cues. For example, postal shipments, international customers, blah, blah, blah. Lou told me he knew of individuals from China who traveled from China to the U.S. recently to pick up 50th anniversary pool cues from Gutierrez. Um, so there was a search warrant executed and they interviewed Mr. Gutierrez. Um, they went to the business. They, you know, Pulled documents, pieces of ivory, unfinished cues, finished cues. They just picked up all kinds of stuff from the shop, took it back, obviously, and analyzed it and whatnot. They interviewed Mr. Gutierrez. Um, he says that he works with ivory on and off. He said that 10 to 15% of his pool cues contain elephant ivory, but every cue that he sold Lou contained ivory. Um, he said that he had done business with Lou previously, and ship the cues to an address in Florida. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Gutierrez admitted that he had some other international customers. Uh, he advised those customers to either pick them up at the shop or someone make other arrangements. But he did admit that he had shipped pull cues to customers in other states. Um, let's see. Gutierrez also identified Q components run by Joe Berenger in Florida as the source of the ivory used in his pool cues. Gutierrez stated that ivory is not always the best, but he won't buy it unless it's legal. Um, he said that he's got certifications from Berenger because he knew that the, the, the government would ask about or require permits and certifications. So it sounds like he thinks that he was in compliance. 
Um, Gutierrez described that once he received a full tusk, he would cut it up and make the pull cue parts. He said that he did not currently have any full tusks because he knew that California law banning the sale would go into effect at the end of the month. Well, anyway, like I said, I just wanted to give you sort of a, um, an overview of uh, what the detail they have gone into uh, to this investigation here. And it is surprising. This is not apparently uh, a joke to them. They are not looking at it like a slap on the wrist for having a little bit of ivory in your queue. Um, they're looking for something substantial, headline making, you know, to send out that initial shockwave and that scare. So I don't know, you yeah. know. Well, uh, you know that, that's that's the thing, and and I've kind of said said this before. I'm I'm very mixed on this law, the ivory ban, and right, right. and and that kind of thing. And the, and the reason I'm mixed is it's if you're inlaying a queue with ivory, and I'm non-expert on cues, but I know just a little bit. It's, uh, in some, uh, most cases, it's a, it's a paper-thin piece of ivory. It's not really, it's not a chunk, you know, it's not a, you don't have tusks hanging off the back of the queue. Right. It's a, it's a very slight inlay that's there. And I equated it before to, um, if you get caught with a joint in your car, you've got possession of marijuana. And there's a law for that. If you've got a hundred pounds in the trunk of your car of marijuana, <laughs> now there's another law as well. I believe, yeah. uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're both not the same. And so, how much ivory is actually going into each of these cubes that they've got? And how, you know, it was a question. You know, is it six ounces altogether with all these cubes of Ivory, I, I don't know, but I know it's it's, it's very thin uh, inlays that, that, that they put in there. Mm. Now, the where I'm mixed is so I, I part of me says, well, it's only a little bit. Come on, you, you got you, you busted me with a joint, not fifty hundred pounds of marijuana in my truck. You got me with a little bit in a pool cue, <laughs> but in the same tone, you know, an elephant. For for had to got its tusks chopped off. Sometimes you know they either chop them off and leave them, or and defenseless in the jungle or wherever it is that they live, or they kill them and then chop off the tusks. Right. So even though it's a small part, an elephant had to get slaughtered or mutilated for that little piece. And I know, yes, there's big chunks going elsewhere. They're going to make statues out of or whatever else it might be. But at the end of the day, which, you know, which way do you fall on this? I, I can appreciate a beautiful ivory in my queue. Right. Definitely can appreciate it. It's not, but it's not that much. It's not that much. But then you look at it because, I, I, you know, I like animals. You know, I sure. don't, I, and I've seen some of the pictures. So is the law there for a good reason? So that, and making an example 
right. from Mr. Gutierrez. Yeah. yeah. Saying, we don't care if it's a sliver. An elephant over here in Africa got slaughtered so that you could have that little sliver and so this guy can have his right. nice right. cue. Right. Right. Is that what's going on? Are they making an, a, a, an example of him so that anybody else that thinks, hey, it's only a tiny little bit, it doesn't matter. We're still going to get you. Well, you, and that you way, know what? all those little tiny bits don't get, you yeah. know, uh, all over all over the place. Sure. They've got to sell it to somebody, and they're not going to be selling it to Mr. Gutierrez anymore. Well, and it's also, um, you know, a, a deeper issue, too, and I'm not going to, I promise I'm going to leave it at that, and we're going to leave it alone here in a second. I just want to say that when it comes to the whole aiding and abetting charge, you know, it wasn't Ernie that was actually trying to smuggle this out of the country. Um, it was the other gentlemen that were doing that. And, you know, granted, he may have known that they had planned to do that. It sounds like that he did. Um, okay, that's bad. But on the other hand, to what extent do you hold people responsible for the action of others, even if they do know about it? You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's it's a good point. That's a very good point, because if you came to my house and you said, oh, I'm leaving tomorrow, I'm going to Europe. I, I'm going to get a plane tomorrow out of Europe. Oh, I see you got a knife there. I like that knife. Can I have that knife? Sure, you can have the knife. I give you the knife. Now, it's up to you if you want to take on a plane, knowing it's illegal. Right, but you know that I just left to go on a flight, and I've got a pocket knife in my, you know, in a pocket, a knife in my pocket. To what? I, I know you've got it, but it's not to me. Just tell you not to do it. Right. Well, what? And if, I can advise you. Say, don't put right. that knife. Don't take that knife. Well, right, and the same situation applies with the pool cue. What if you're watching me pack for a trip, and you know I've got an ivory pool cue, or a pool cue with ivory in it, and you know I'm about to get on a flight? Do you call, you know, customs and say, "Oh my God, he's leaving the country with some ivory." Right. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You do. You, it's, yeah. What point do you uh, no longer have onus on the actions of somebody else? Is are you? Can you be in trouble because you didn't okay. tell? Right. That's what them? I'm saying. That's exactly right. That's what they're. That's the the basis of the case in this. You know, this particular case. They're saying because he knew that they were going to leave the country with these ivory cues that he was helping them out. So, you know what? I well, Guilty by association or something. Well, I, I guess, you know, I, when I say that, I'm, you know, what I just said, I, I believe I'm simplifying the situation. Absolutely. And trying to play, trying to play part-time lawyer and saying, why, what is it, why is it his... You know, business. He he sold this guy a pool cue. What he does with that pool cue after he gets it? Does he get blamed for every time he loses a tournament because he didn't play right with it? You know, what what point does that cue stop being his responsibility? It has no longer has onus on it, and or, or responsibility. Should you? I mean, can you can if you, you saw somebody rob? If you saw somebody, I know this is so extreme. If you saw somebody murder somebody else, you didn't do it. Right. But if you don't tell the police, are you in trouble for that? Yes. Yeah, I think you are. I think right. there's, a, there's, a, right. there's a law. That, you know, mm -hmm. uh, 
Well, right. It is and, an and extreme so example, though. Maybe that's where they're going with that. Maybe that's where that uh, where the, the aid in the bank comes in. Sure. Is you knew it was illegal. You saw it happen, and you didn't tell anybody. Right. Right. You know. Right, because he was within the law to sell the ivory and the ivory cues up until July of this year. <clears throat> he hadn't, there, like I said, the, the problem was not the transaction. The problem was that they're, they're blaming him for what the other gentleman did with the ivory. So I just hope that they can keep, I, I, again, I'm not declaring guilt or innocence. I just hope that whatever happens that they keep it in the proper perspective as far as who was involved and what each person really did. You know what I mean? So that's all I'm going to say about that. I'll just, it's unfortunate. It's very, it's very, you can, boy, I tell you, it's so far reaching and you can go, which I'm sure somebody's gonna, whether it's the, yeah, yeah. the federal prosecutor, defense attorney or whoever, are going to take this to whatever um, extremes they possibly can to, yes. to to make it. There's definitely an argument, though, for each one. It's, it's kind of it's kind of interesting, to be honest. Yeah. But you can have that difference of uh, I, in, in, within myself. I have a difference of opinion. I can I can uh, judge this thing two different ways. Yeah. Yeah, it is a tough call. It really is. It, it, it's uh, he's in a bad position, and you know, yeah. I'm just gonna wait. I'm not gonna say anything else about it. Like I said, because number one, people are already asleep. But number two, I don't want to assume anything yet. You know what I mean? The, the the trial's not over. We don't. You know. So let's just you know. You can't, uh, you can't assume anything. Yeah. Can't well, assume. you can. Yeah, sure you can. <laughs> you can assume only knew what was going on. Yeah, and he didn't call the police. That's why. That's that's why he's in trouble for. He knew what was going on and yeah. he didn't report it. That's why he's in trouble. Right, and they wouldn't and because have, he told it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, they wouldn't have pulled the trigger unless they he, thought they had. If I had bought, if I had bought the cue from him from Phoenix, Arizona, and he shipped it to me. He's free and clear now because he has no idea where I'm going to Taiwan. That's, yeah, right, exactly, exactly. But that's not the way it went down. So. <laughs> anyway, yeah, you're right. Let's, uh, Allegedly, we've he very, knew. Very interesting, though. Uh, I hope yeah. everything works out. And I know there's, there's a lot of cue collectors out there going, oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. I've got a you know, $60,000 cue here that somebody wanted to buy from me in Japan. And if I send it, I'm in trouble. You're an ivory smuggler. Yes, that's right. That's right. You're an ivory smuggler. You're now. But I still, you know, it's still the the law. The law is there for the reason, and they're, they're nailing him down on it, probably just because they want to make sure that even though it's a sliver of ivory in each queue, it's they don't want an elephant slaughtered because of it. It's, I, you know, again, in animal lover, it's it's. It's tough to say. Yeah, it's good to have a cool cue with ivory in it. It looks good. When you look at what the, how he got that, you know. So yeah, yeah. there we go. Soapbox off. Oh, soapbox off. All right, Mark. Well, thanks for your time once again uh, this week. Uh, I think we're going to get out of here.
All right. Good luck to everybody out there in uh, China, Verona, and Vegas. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week right here on American Billiard Radio. All right. Welcome back, everybody. And I am talking to... uh, a man of many talents. Uh, he's worn a lot of hats in his lifetime. Mr. Jerry Forsyth uh, from AZ Billiards. How are you doing today, Jerry? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Just doing as well as can be expected. Okay. Well, I guess that's all that matters. So yeah. uh, I hear that uh, you were involved in the new AZ Billiards monthly magazine. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? Well, sure. We've been talking about doing this for a couple of years. <clears throat> but recently we realized that websites have some limitations that we didn't want to live within. Um, mm-hmm. So we wanted to be able to do feature articles sure. uh, with lots of photos. Uh, we just needed a, a, a different graphic canvas to work with other than just the website. Sure, yeah. Plus, it was a different market, and the big advantage uh, is our advertisers now get a large canvas themselves with which to work. They love the full-page uh, graphic impact of yeah. a magazine. That's true. And so uh, it's just a win-win for everybody. Yeah. Well, the first issue just came out just this past week. And uh, for those of you that haven't, you know, checked it out, you should go over to AZ Billiards. There's a link and a story there, or you can just go to uh, directly to a website, right? Uh, no, you you go to the link. Uh, you go to the story on the front page right now. It's on the left hand side. Gotcha. Um, the story about the magazine. There's a link inside the the story that you click on. Now we're working on having uh, a front page presence, which will be up very shortly. Uh, so it'll be just a one-click access from the front page. Gotcha. It'll probably be in the navigation bar across the top. Okay, very good, very good. Now, what's your role going to be in this? Uh, is it your editor? Is that am I right about that? Uh, writer, photographer, editor. A L- little bit <laughs> you know, of everything. Hat needs to be on, right? I mean, Mike's doing the same thing. Sure, 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 sure. No, that's fun stuff. Um, have you gotten any feedback? Are people giving you good reviews, or is it? Uh, do you feel like there's bugs that need to be worked out? Uh, not bugs. No, we've gotten fantastic support on this. Uh, so far, everybody's been very, very encouraging and very happy with what we did. We were extremely happy with what came out for the first issue. Sure. Um, it uh, was a, a lot longer than we had expected. We had expected a 30-some page magazine, and we wound up with 56, even <laughs> after cutting some articles out that weren't time-sensitive. Right. Um, so there's a, there's a nice learning curve there, but no, we've gotten a lot of good feedback. Um, now, this, let's, uh, go ahead. Yeah, let, me, let, me, let me introduce you to a bigger picture here, really, because this yeah. is all part of, of a much larger idea. Um, that we have, which is that with Al Leon and his AZB TV streaming, mm-hmm. and now the Billiard Buzz magazine and the AZ Billiards website, um, plus we are currently launching a Roku television channel, 
which will have over 250 hours of matches on it when it launches here in about two weeks. Nice. We're going to be the dominant player in the information technology sector of billiards worldwide. Yeah. And one advertiser, a new advertiser, can come to us. And I'll just be real honest with you. For less than $650, he can have ads on AZ Billiards that are seen at least 5,000 times a day, a full-page ad in the Billiard Buzz magazine, five 30-second videos on the Roku channel, and there are over 20 million Roku devices in the United States, Mm -hmm. and mentions on the streaming. Yeah. And that is bare-bones budgeting, man. I mean, less than 650 a, a month for all of that. It's the, uh, it's the Amazon pricing theory. Yeah. Don't worry about the money. Worry about the market share. And True. we're going after market share with that kind of – that's very aggressive pricing for our industry. Sure. Well, and they, and but in return, they're getting a uh, what you would call multimedia uh, targeting specific customers. You know, it's not they're like, getting a huge they're getting a huge value right from the from our our numbers our total numbers on all these different sites are just amazing. They 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 dwarf other people's numbers. Sure. Um, last year we had. I think 200,000 unique visitors uh, every quarter mm-hmm. to the website. Nice. And the magazine's taken off like a scalded dog. <laughs> and, uh, you know, everybody, you know, you, you can watch our streams either live or on YouTube. Yeah. And uh, with the Roku channel, I mean, this is, this is a pretty big step for us. It is. It is. It is. Well, and it's a good thing, you know, that you guys are taking the, uh, let's say, the bull by the horns, so to speak. You know what I mean? I, I think the industry are certainly needs more leaders, <laughs> you know? Well, and, and the thing is, with this much media going, it all has the same goal, which yes. is to grow the game. Right. We want to make pool a very, very popular game. If we can get more people playing the game... I mean, it's simple. If we can grow the game, we grow with the game. Yes, absolutely true. You know, if the game if the game dies, we die. We need this game to take off. Yeah, yeah, this is true. And the information that you're providing is what everybody needs out of it. You know what I mean? That that all everybody from the players to the promoters to the industry actual companies themselves they all need this this regular organized source of information. To be able to function, you know, as good as we do, or as bad as we yeah, do. Yeah, well, we think they do. <laughs> but we appreciate it. I'll just, I'll just put it that way. We appreciate it. I know that you and Mike. Uh, I, I'm sure you get a lot of thank yous, but I don't think it, there it could ever be enough uh, for the amount of work that has been put into all of this, and and the amount of work that's going to still have to be put into it. So, you know. Oh yeah, it never it never decreases. It always increases. But we enjoy it, you know. It's 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 all about the game. Absolutely, absolutely true. Well, I I appreciate you taking your time to talk to us. I know you're a busy man, so I'll let you get back to doing something more important than this. All right. <laughs> Very good, and uh, we do hope that 
people who haven't checked out the Billiard Buzz will do so. We think you'll enjoy it. It's a free subscription. It is absolutely free to view. So uh, everybody enjoy. Awesome. Thanks again, Jerry. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. See you later, Mr. Bond.